0: Hi, everyone. This is Ron Jolson, and you're listening to the Christian Fellowship Community Forum podcast. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Good
1: morning to everyone, and welcome to our Christian Fellowship Community Forum session number 17 uh, with my friend uh, Nick Fiorito. I'm Mark Cole, your host this morning, and I'm pleased to greet those of you and the over 1,700 people who have registered from the field in the home office. It's now my pleasure to introduce you to managing director Nick Fiorito, he was uh, born in 1980 in New Orleans, Louisiana, and he grew up and spent most of his early life in the New Orleans area. He attended um, St. Robert Bellarmine Elementary School, and then he actually, for fifth through 12th grade, went to Holy Cross, which is where his dad went, his grandfather went, and his brother went. So they were a known commodity uh, there at Holy Cross. Uh, Nick went to college at Northwestern State. Um, in Louisiana on a football scholarship. He's the best punter that Northwestern State's ever had. Uh, He met his future wife there, and they began dating uh, their sophomore year through graduation. When he graduated, he joined Edward Jones. You know, some people come to Christ later in life, but he joined Edward Jones and he ran into a family friend, uh, Emmett Dupas, who was with Northwestern Mutual and convinced him to sit down with the managing partner. And that managing partner was the legendary Bill Hornsby. And if you sit down with Bill, you're pretty much going to say yes. So the deal was made. And after his first year with Northwestern, he asked Shelley to marry him and Y'all ready for this? They got married on May 12th, 2006. So I know Shelly's on this call. Let me be the first to say, unless your kids beat me to it, uh, happy 17th anniversary. Marriage is hard, but marriage is worth it. And thanks for spending it with us. This is probably as romantic as Shelly thought it would be here. In 2008, they had a son, Hayden. And um, a couple years later, they got a big surprise from God, and they welcomed twin baby girls, uh, Zoe and Lila. And around the same time, Nick got appointed uh, as an in-house managing director by Stephen Dugal, who's on here. And uh, in 2017, he was asked to go become the managing director in Madison, Mississippi, which is a suburb of the state capital of Jackson. And that was actually taking over what used to be the former uh, network office in Mississippi. So they packed up and trusted Stephen and more importantly, trusted God. Uh, Nick found out that he has a passion for endurance sports. We do not share that in common. Uh, Ten years ago, when he made a commitment to get in better shape while he was waiting for uh, the baby girls to be born. And since then, he's completed multiple marathons and triathlons. And this still blows my mind, but in November of 2020, he completed the Ironman triathlon in Panama City Beach. He loves endurance sports because of their correlation of life and the intimacy The journey of life and the intimacy that you can share with God when you're out on the road putting in miles. He's been a consistent MDRT qualifier in his career since 2008. He's made Live Summit multiple times and an ORS award winner as a managing director. Uh, Nick's recruited over 100 people into this business and several of them are actually still here. And a few of them have um, become his best friends on earth. For those of you who don't know Nick, uh, he has a heart for other people. He's got a absolutely killer smile it's like almost hard to talk to the guy and not be in a good mood and we're going to talk about uh, his truths to the truth and so um, as a way of background Nick do you mind sharing with people uh, tell us a little bit about your faith journey sure thank you Mark
2: and honored to be here talking with everybody today Um, I'll start with this too Uh, this is going to be my story it's a true story I know it's a bunch of financial planners advisors Salespeople on this call, we come to meetings almost looking for like what are they going to sell to us and you know motivate us by, and it's really just a story of just radical change that happened in my life because of God's love. So, I wanted to lead with that, keep that in mind. Um, so, uh, my faith journey is I grew up, like Mark said, in a suburb of New Orleans, and uh my grandparents were very influential in my life. They were uh, very devout and and, and attended church regularly and just Christ exuded from them. I I saw it. Uh, They were very, very impactful and talked to me consistently about Christ, uh, which pointed me to God early on in my life. Um, Although I wasn't necessarily receiving the whole message at that point, I knew it uh, in my head from a mind perspective. Uh, So very influential and then um, also growing up in New Orleans outside of heaven <clears throat> a family rooted in the church through my grandparents uh, that that were a positive influence on me there's a lot of negative influences from the New Orleans life as you probably know uh, so growing up I mean we you know thank God he gave me some gifts and abilities to participate and play competitive sports because that kept me engaged in, in I think good affairs good activities uh, mostly. Uh, but we also got into a lot of stuff early on in life and so I, were doing, I was doing things and living around in a culture where you know things were excessive and the party lifestyle was common and uh, I had three of my best friends who we kind of came up together and we were we were doing things at, at you know young teenage life that most people probably start to do when they're in college or beyond and it was just it was getting reckless but you know the the sports, that we had in our life were keeping us somewhat committed and disciplined in that space. Um, but these three best friends and I who were, who were growing up together and getting into trouble but playing sports at the same time, we were thick thieves. my friend Blair, Mike, and Neil, and we went on a vacation when we were 15 years old and my friend Blair came to us uh, right before we went out to the beach that day where we would typically go and try to sneak alcohol from our parents and get into <laughs> trouble. and chase girls and all that stuff that you probably shouldn't be doing but we were doing and we've been doing that for a couple years actually and unfortunately at that point um but my friend blair came to us on the balcony that day and he said guys i got to tell you something and uh he said listen i uh last week i gave my life to jesus i accepted christ and uh in his love and just kind of it, it radically changed the way i looked at everything and just feel forgiven and changed i just I can't do all the same simple stuff we used to do. I'm just sorry. And so three 15 year olds looking at him like, are you nuts? Like, what are you talking about? We're, we're, <laughs> we're, going right now. Can you wait a little while, you know, to do this? Uh, but it really, I mean, it made an impact on me. I sat there and I remember just pondering on the balcony before we went out to the beach. I was like, man, if somebody's saying something that's right and true, it's probably Blair and it's probably not us. And so uh, that trip was weird to say the least. And, uh, when we got done, we kind of went our separate ways. Blair stayed pursuing God and his love and we pursued everything else. And so, uh, went off to college. Um, my life got excessively more out of control. Um, but kind of kept me on track cause I was playing football in college, got done college. And I really wanted to get a great career and job, started with Everett Jones, as you heard, and then ended up coming to Northwestern Mutual, and um, started working with Blair, who was a dentist at the time, my same friend who told us he got saved by Christ years ago, and uh, we would get together pretty regularly and have lunch, and Blair would sort of drip on me, drip the gospel, ask me how I was doing, show real curiosity in my life, and um, show the love of Jesus to me, but he really wasn't like script speaking scripture over me or you know kind of drilling me with any kind of you know you need to do this a b or c just kind of loving on me and and i used the term dripping on me and my life was spiraling out of control i was chasing all the wrong things i was chasing success i was chasing power and affirmations and performance was everything my identity was all in that and i was hiding all my ugly sins and it was getting more and more out of control and he was this peaceful guy who loved on me all the time. And my old friend who I knew said Jesus changed everything. So one day we were at lunch and he said, Nick, I got to ask you a question, man. He goes, you've been going to church. And I said, eh, you know, I, sometimes I lied to him and told him I was. And sometimes I actually <laughs> was if it was right after Christmas or Easter. Uh, but that day I told him the truth. <laughs> I said, no, I really, I haven't been, man. And he said, well, have you ever read the Bible, man? He goes, you always talk to me about all these great books you read have you ever actually read the Bible? And I said, yeah, Blair, you know, we, we grew up going to Catholic schools together. And he said, no, I never said, did you go to church or did you go to Catholic school? Did you actually read the Bible? And I said, no, I'm not, Blair. So he said, you know what? Let's go back to my office. Went back to his office. He gave me a Bible. He said, why don't you go home and just read this, man? He goes, this is God's word. He said, you read all these other great books. Just read the gospel of John and go through the New Testament. and Just see what you think. And so I, as life was spiraling out of control, that, that attracted me to go to the one thing that I heard was the truth from the one person who had all this peace and this great life and had been following Jesus for 15 years at the time, and I wasn't. And so I read the Bible, and I got a cerebral mind understanding of God's Word in a short period of time because I devoured it. But it blew my mind. It made me realize like, this is the truth from a head perspective it made me think all these other books and things I've heard and you know, self-help and business advancement and motivation really was rooted in the truth in this book that I was like blown away by in my head, but my heart hadn't changed yet. So fast forward several months later, and I'm continuing to read this Bible, but I'm continuing to live my sinful life and not totally convicted yet, but it's building And one morning I woke up and I just felt like I had so much pressure on me and so much conviction around how sinful my life was. And it was this loving God that I was starting to believe more and more was real in my head. And I started to realize like I feel terrible that I'm doing all these things. This is horrible. And at that point was the moment when I truly like felt like, you know, remorse and I I repented, as the Bible says. And I said, I am so sorry, God. I am so sorry, and I'm so scared and I'm so afraid. And in that moment, that moment when I did that, that's when I really released it. He came in, man, and changed my heart. I could feel His forgiveness and His love in that one moment because I finally got to the point where
1: I was like, I was convicted that what I was covering up in my sinful life was wrong. That is that is absolutely powerful because, you know, one of the things we talked about in our prep call is that you have been an active searcher for what's true in life and you came up empty and it sounds like you had a lot of the dead ends we've all experienced, whether it was you know, alcohol and drugs, whether it was chasing people of the opposite sex, whether it was affirmation um, from society, whether it was, you know, money, power, fame, whatever you want to say, you keep going for those dead ends. And what do you feel like has changed in your life after you arrived at what you now say the truth is? I mean, now that you know that, you know, all scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, correcting and rebuking and righteousness, like what is your truth now?
2: Yeah, well, like I said earlier, I believed in God, but I it, it, believe in my head and my heart. There was separation, and now I know He's the ultimate truth. And so, you know, everything is focused on His love that He showed to me that in return, because it was so overwhelming, I had the ability to show to others. I couldn't really do that in my own flesh before, Mark. I mean, I, I tried really hard, but then I'd fail really often. <laughs> And I still fail, but I have the actual capacity now to do that Uh, in some of the chains that I never thought I could stop. He's allowed me to stop because I love him so much. I don't want to do those things anymore. Doesn't mean I don't sin and make mistakes, but I don't want to anymore. It's like my taste changed. I can't even sin and enjoy it anymore.
1: <laughs> well, maybe I should hang out with you more. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, yeah, it is true. We're all going to sin, even when we find the truth. But to your point, it's uh, it's a heart change where you're not pursuing it anymore. I know that you've been a regular. You know, one of the big things that people know us for here at the Christian Fellowship Community is the Christian Fellowship Breakfast. And in 2015. Um, we had a you know, young upstart named Keith Wagner speak. I think he ended up making something out of his career after all. Uh, and you mentioned that it impacted you. And I'm just curious if you could share with everybody what you heard and kind of what happened as a result of that.
2: Sure. Well, first, I mean, I'd heard Keith speak countless times. And for those newer people on this call, Keith's a legend in Northwestern Mutual all-time top producer. Some of you don't know that, but so I've heard him speak countless times and incredible business and strategies and ideas, but at this speech he was sharing a story about his faith and I heard him say something to the extent of all the all the suffering and all the fear and all the anxiety we go through. We get to points where we just feel hopeless, but he said if you fix your thoughts on Christ, then Christ fixes your thoughts. And it just made a real big impact on me on how no matter where we get to and how scary it gets, meditating on Christ and His Word and His truth, ultimately and eventually is going to change those difficult thoughts to get through. And we can't do it on our own strength. And I know that now unequivocally because I've been living it for, in my case
1: now, 12 years. So um, it changed it for me. Yeah, that's wonderful. I. Uh read Exodus recently in in preparation for something related to the Christian Fellowship community, and it is hysterical. Most people remember like Moses at the burning bush. God tells him exactly what he's going to do, tells him exactly what he's going to do, turns his staff into a snake, puts his cloak into magic healing powers. And, you know, Moses keeps coming up with all these excuses. And he finally concludes with, how about just not me and somebody else? And I think there's a very human component to that out of all of us. It's like, you know, God puts all these things in our lives and we're like, yeah, but what about this? What about that? And at some point, if you can put enough God in your life, then you can overcome a lot of those doubts that you see. I know that you've had a pretty darn successful, even if you won't admit it, uh, leadership run. And I'm curious how the growth in your faith and what impact it's had on relationships, whether that's with Shelly and the kids, whether that's, you know, in your personal practice or in your leadership role, what do you think has changed as your faith continued to deepen and how you interact with others?
2: Um. I think the the common thread probably across family, friends, business connections, and associates is just uh, a vulnerability. You know, um, sharing where I'm really at in my heart, and confessing when I'm wrong and asking for forgiveness. I think there's so much leadership in that. Just just saying I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Um, or telling somebody I'm not perfect, would you forgive me because I, I love you and I don't want to hurt you. And that's, as it relates to Shelly, um, it's really powerful with my kids. Some of the most impactful moments is when I've asked forgiveness for my son and my, my girls, Zoe and Lila, um, and they just see their face like... Ugh. And the same thing with my friends and my, uh, you know, the people I lead. I feel like that honesty you can have with them because stop trying to fake it and just be this this image of perfect leadership or an example because you're not helps them relate more to you because it's true and it's real and we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. So that's probably been the biggest change is I was so proud before I wouldn't have admitted that I was wrong ever. You know, I would have went to use me and my old friends and thought it was cool to say we can go to the grave with this one. You know, like, really, that's not healthy.
1: You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, it's not. By the way, I just saw in the chat thread that um, Dickie said that him and Paul Hodge both came to Christ because of you and you having the courage to share the gospel with him. So that is unbelievable. If you could now start sharing the fact that the university of Kentucky is a quick way not to end up in heaven. That'd be very helpful. So if you could get Dickie to change that, that'd be great. Uh, speaking to those friends, I know you have a close group of friends inside of Northwestern and how would you explain the benefits of having a close faith community, whether it's friends inside of Northwestern or your buddy Blair, what do you think the benefits of having, you know, a group of believers around you is? Sure. Well, I
2: mean, in all different areas of our life, I think it's critical, but I definitely think here in our extended, extended family of work, it's been critical for me because think about it. I mean, I leave in the morning, I you know kiss Shelly and my kids goodbye, and I come to work for more hours than I'm back home in the evening. So this circle here that we can do life with and share our struggles and share our, you know our great, our gratefulness and our stories about like what God's doing every day or go to each other and say, listen, like, you know, we're running a business here, but is this honoring God? And how do you do that? And how am I struggling in doing that? And, And having a circle where you're around them every day to go deeper about stuff that matters has been critical for me. Um, you know, I have so many, and, uh, you know, those two guys, obviously, two of my very best friends in the entire world. I love them to death. I'm actually, it's funny. I got dressed in a hurry this morning, and I think y'all appreciate the story. I'm wearing Paul Hodge's shirt with his initials on my sleeve. Now, I don't have time for this long story, but basically I showed up one time in Louisiana and forgot my suit, and Paul fully clothed me, and I got dressed in a hurry this morning and put his shirt on. I said, you know, so that's how close we are at Northwestern. I wear other friends' shirts to work. <laughs>
1: I like it. I like it. What do you, what does transformation mean to you and why do you think it's so essential? Well,
2: I mean, Mark, my, one of my anchor verses, um, scripture that changed my life. My pastor back in Louisiana, pastor Steve talked about this a lot was Romans twelve two, which says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you may prove what the will of God is and that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So transform for me didn't happen all at once. My heart changed, my eyes opened, miraculous chains were broken. I I don't have time to go into all of that today. But I had all the junk still. And my pastor said, Nick, you have to renew that every day. You know, if not, you're only going to know who God was once and love Him, and you know, be glad to go join Him in heaven. But you're not going to really know Him and reflect Him. So renew your mind by reading everything He left behind us in this book, being around people who are going to share what they're learning and knowing Him more, and that will transform and renew your mind. You will; it will be reflective. It, you won't, you can't hide it. You meet someone who's renewing their mind, and they can't hide it. It oozes out of them. And I want more of that because He's the best. I don't, You know, I like hanging around with a lot of my friends, but like I want more of God than my friends and more God than my wife and my kids because he is the best. And I want to renew my mind with his word and not others' words. So that's what transformation has been for me
1: is renewing my mind and I'll do it to the day I die. That is awesome. In just a bit, we're going to go into our breakout rooms, but I do have one final question for you, Nick, and that is spiritual disciplines have been very helpful to you. And could you share with the group what's What are the spiritual disciplines and what disciplines do you practice? Yeah, Uh, well, I just mentioned one. Um, From the
2: day that I accepted God's love and He saved me and changed my life, I have not woken up one morning without reading the Word of God. That doesn't mean I did a full-blown Bible study for two hours, came back and gave a presentation on it, but. I have gotten into the word, even if it was just one scripture verse that morning, just to meditate and go into my day on. So making sure I commit to that, which has become something that I um, I love now. It's not a discipline that I was trying to forge anymore. It's something I can't do without. So reading the word of God every day to know more of God his, I mean, that's definitely number one, being in circles and groups of people who also are doing that so you can share what you're learning, what your struggles are, what your pains are. I mean, that's just, we're not meant to live in this world alone. God didn't want this alone. It's what intimacy and love and responding to his love is what it's all about. So circles of people and and then attending a a church and learning from people who study the scripture and commit their life to it is critical and being around other worshipers. The last thing that I would say from a spiritual discipline standpoint that I do, and if you're close to me, you know this, and you're probably tired of me sending you countless songs, but sorry, I'm going to keep doing it forever. Uh, I ride around in my vehicle a lot, and I do a lot of stuff outdoors. And so I know that like what good in... Good stays, bad in, bad stays, good in, good out, bad in, bad out. So I feed my mind with constant worship music, Christian music, uplifting music, because those little things that I constantly think about in my head that pour into my mind help me reflect more of what I know is true and what I really care about. So if I don't do that, the rest of the mess and the noise is going to get poured into my mind. So um, those are my, my main ones there.
1: Yes, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for sharing. We're now going to go into our breakout rooms and the questions for discussion are going to be, can you relate to Nick's searching? And if so, you know, explain. I think we've all searched for things in our time before we came to the truth. And if you're practicing any spiritual disciplines, what are they and have they been helpful? So can you relate to what it was like when he was searching? And then, uh, you know, are you practicing any spiritual disciplines? And we'll be back together after the breakout room. So enjoy your breakout. So, Nick, what happened in your breakout room this morning? Uh, yeah, it, it was it was pretty cool because
2: we had multiple people just jump right in and share their story of how they came to know Christ and where they grew up seeking the truth, or just you know not knowing really what the answer was, but ultimately all the same answers, all the same conclusion, just different stories of how they got to that, and um, it was just really cool to hear that. One after the other, Uh, you know, oftentimes if I go meet with someone and they share their story with me about what Jesus did and how he changed their life, I go, oh, just an instant connection. And it's really cool. But when multiple people do it one after the other in a room, it kind of
1: feels very different. At least it did for me. I, I would agree. One of the things that was very interesting, and I think you got us kicked off with the courage to share it, is that. To a person, and we're talking about there was, you know, home office folks, there was field folks, different tenures, different stages of life. It seems that one of the human conditions in this faith journey we're all on, uh, I think one of the human conditions is, is that we all search, you know, and the interesting thing about searching, I don't know if anybody's ever Googled it up, but, um, you know, there was a great Tom Brady clip where somebody asked him something whatever the question was, it led him to saying, like, if this is it, meaning like, you know, at the time being married to a supermodel and football and all this fame and money he's like, if this is it, we're all in trouble. And I think that when you think about searching, you can beat yourself up and go, man, think of all the time I wasted in my life, you know, separated from God. But Uh, you you then think about sanctification or becoming sanctified. And you're right. It was powerful to hear people say what they were searching for. And we also had lots of good practical tips on spiritual disciplines, everything from the verse of the day through the Bible app, which also which is a free app and also includes a video of someone talking through the verse of the day to Randy Hall shared, you know, you can sign up for an email from Jesus Calling, the devotional book, and it'll send you three verses along with it and um, I will say uh, I saw a great cartoon one time Nick that said Facebook is proof that whenever Christ comes back we won't be able to say that our lack of spiritual discipline was because we were too busy and as someone who's a guiltful Facebook user I like boy that'll hit you between the eyes yeah <laughs> so well. Um, here is my last question for Nick, and that is, Nick, if you were to leave us with one transforming thought today, what would that be?
2: Um, I think, you know, love with someone else you know, has to involve vulnerability and honesty. And the ultimate love for me, which is even greater than the love I have with my wife, with Shelly and I, or the love I have for my kids, was with God. But the vulnerability part was, I had to think about my life and really reflect on like, was what I was doing right? And friends, I'm not just talking about the big, ugly, nasty sins. I'm talking about like when you were prideful or envious or angry or selfish or lustful or whatever it was that you did, is you feel right about that. And, and so I didn't. I was convicted like, no, that's just not right and so i said god i'm sorry i was vulnerable and when i did that i felt his loving forgiveness and the vulnerability it helped me experience true love and it's made my relationship with shelly better because i am got vulnerable after that with her and some of that's painful and she knows and sometimes she's probably, i tell her too much but
1: you know but it's it's better <laughs> and stronger 17 years she's still hanging around with me today you know i know i know that's awesome well nick we sincerely thank you. Uh, you're number 17 in this, and having done it myself, it, it can be intimidating, and you, you advanced the kingdom today, so we're hugely thankful for you. We're also thankful to everyone who participated today, and uh, we'd ask you to go forth and remember that you might be the only version of the Bible people ever read, and uh, so to be the salt and light that we're called to be, and have a wonderful weekend, folks, and thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you for joining us. And for more information, visit our website, www.christianfellowshipcommunity.org. The Christian Fellowship Community is an independent, not-for-profit corporation. CFC is supported by volunteers and through donations from its participants. Neither CFC nor this episode are endorsed by, affiliated with, or promoted by Northwestern Mutual. Listeners of Christian Fellowship community presentations and any recordings acknowledge that these productions are exclusively owned by CFC and listeners agree to only use for their listening and not to make any use for any commercial reason.